Well, good morning. Welcome to Forest Heights Baptist Church. Hope you're doing well. Obviously, we're all kind of snowed in. I thought I'd show you my view out the window right now. It's snowing. <laughs> so I'm caught up here, no power, but my phone seems to be working and hopefully this will work out okay that I'm able to stream on this. I know it's an exciting time and um, everybody's trying to figure out what to do and well, we're all gonna just work it out together. I thought this morning I was go going to play for you this morning. I can't use my accompaniment, but I thought I would um, go on and play something since I'm going to be talking today about forgiveness. Um, we're um, we're going to be in Psalm 51, and, uh, and we're going to be talking about forgiveness this morning. So I thought I would play if my people, um, you know, it's from First Second Chron Chronicles 7, 14. And um, if my people uh, who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray if they by people which are called by my name shall seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and I will I will hear from heaven and they will hear from um then will I hear from heaven and will hear and forgive their sin um I should probably read it straight out I'm just reading the, the words of the text on this um this hymn but yeah we're gonna uh, do right now um if by people and I'm gonna try to get this thing like I said no accompaniment just an acapella kind of deal. Pray God will bless you during this day, this morning, and I hope you stay warm and, and are okay. Remember to pray and pray for our forgiveness because our land does need healing. We are all in that situation right now of needing forgiveness, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, as we pray this morning, we need to remember all those that are struggling right now. Obviously, a lot of people are going to be without power. Like I said, we are. Um, everything's fine with us. We're just sitting here watching it snow and, 
enjoy that. I'm still trying to figure out how I can sled down my backyard. I don't know. We're going to have to work that out. But <laughs> anyway, we're glad to have you all. It's good to see Ann's on and uh, Miss Kathy and Elaine and um, Kathy and Fred Hunt. It's good to see you all. Um, and, and so Miss Kathy with a K. And uh, uh, it's just good, good to see you all this morning. And I pray that God's blessing you and I pray you're keeping warm. I heard it started to snow there in Athens. Um, we've been getting it all night, and so it's we got about an inch and a half, I guess, outside right now. Uh, we're expecting two to four inches, I'm guessing. We'll see how it goes this afternoon. Hey, Miss Maggie, good to have you on. Uh, we just welcome you. I just thank you for joining in. And um, um, this is Sunday morning, and we're going to worship a little bit together. We just, like I said, just played If My People. And, and it is definitely a scripture passage we need to remember this morning. Uh, so um, as we go into Psalms in a minute, uh, just remember those that are struggling with COVID. We still have a lot of people dealing with that. And, and it's just a really tough, tough uh, thing right now. It's just, it seems to be exploding everywhere. Um, so um, let, let's pray together. Father God, we just come to you and thank you for your presence. I thank you for the opportunities you give us to um to serve you and to watch and to follow you. And Lord, as we um, study your word this morning, we just ask you to speak to us. Lord, we all struggle. We all have things that are difficult in our lives. We all um, need your forgiveness and your salvation. And Lord, as we study Psalm 51, I just ask you to speak to us in a strong way. I thank you for the beautiful snow. Lord, we are enjoying it. It's so pretty, and um, your world is just a wonderful, beautiful place. And, and, and we just thank you, Lord, that um, we are able to, to enjoy that. Um, thank you that we're able to do worship this way. I mean, at least we're able to get together and, and kind of um, support one another and, and look out for one another. Lord, you are good to us. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. Speak to us. Let us hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So welcome. It's good to see you all. Hey, Brittany, good to welcome, welcome you. And, and uh, um, so we um, are, are so excited about the snow, but we're not excited about missing again. I, I feel like I feel like I wonder if I'm supposed to do my trumpet concert or not. Uh, it's been canceled last two weeks. So um, hopefully next Sunday night we'll be able to do that. And, and if we can, we will. I don't know what the final tally on the um, Lottie Moon was, but I know we well over the goal and, and probably got close to, if not past, the 9,000 goal that um, that they decided to up it to since they, they uh, your church, is, the church, our church is just so faithful right now. They just are um, still getting there and going there. And that's one of the reasons we canceled the service this morning in, in together because it's um, very... You all are so faithful. You ought to try to get out in this, this stuff and, and get there. And that, I didn't want anybody risking themselves and worried about, I, I worry about our, the safety of our people. So we can all sit kind of in the, um, in the, the warmth, warmth of our homes and watch on, online. And I just pray that we'll, we'll just work together and all that. Hey, Susan, good to have you with us. Um, I see some of the ones that pop up. I may be missing others, but it's so glad you are. And um, like I said, this morning we're in Psalm 51, and, and um, it, it speaks to us all. And I'm going to go on and read it right now for us. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. My sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that 
so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in my inner parts. You teach me wisdom in my, most in, in my inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from my Save me from blood guilt, O God, and the God who saves me. My tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. In your good pleasure, make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem, and there will be righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings to delight you. Then bulls will be offered on your table. May God bless the reading of his word. As we look at this chapter, this is obviously David speaking. David, <laughs> when it was written, this is after <laughs> his big fall. You know the story. Most people know the story of David and Bathsheba. It's in 2 Samuel 11. And I'm going to just read the very beginning of it just to kind of let you know where we're coming from. In the spring at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of his palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, Isn't that Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. If you remember, now David was supposed to be at war. He was supposed to be leading his army. He was supposed to be out doing what kings do and lead his people. But he decided for some reason, we don't know what, he decided he was going to stay home this time. And as we know, idle hands are the devil's workshop. We call that. Now, that is not scriptural, but it is true. <laughs> you know, it's not like we know that Satan will get us when we're not focused where we're supposed to be. If we're doing what we're not supposed to be doing or we're in an area where it shouldn't be, Satan has an easier time getting hold of us. So here we have David out when he was not supposed to be. And the other interesting thing I find out, it was evening time, and he was just getting out of bed. Now, I don't know. I'm not an early riser. Did he take an afternoon nap? What was he doing? He was just lazing around, just being lazy king. And, you know, I'm not, I don't begrudge anybody taking a nap. I don't begrudge any of that. But what I'm saying is King David was not really keeping up where he should. And he saw a woman on the balcony. You know, he saw a woman over there. His, his, um, he is, you know, the, his roof was probably the highest in the area, and he could see out all over the kingdom, and here he sees Bathsheba taking a bath. Now, us guys, 
we need to remember we should not be, you know, we need to watch what we're doing. Everything. We sh he should have turned around and gone the other way and quit looking. He didn't. The temptation was more than he could take. Then when he found out who it was, he should have said, oh, that's one of my soldiers, one of my army men, one of my soldier's wife, off bounds, out of bounds, should not be there. So what does he do? Calls for her anyway. Now, Bathsheba, you don't deny the king if the king calls for you. She didn't have a choice. She do what the king said. So then we know the rest of the story. You know, um, he, he then, what did he do? He called and found out, all of a sudden finds out she's expecting. Uh-oh, I've gotten caught. What can I do to hide this? I know, I'll bring Uriah back from battle and have him stay here with his wife for, for a few days. Well, Uriah is too much of a gentleman army person. He was loyal to his fellow soldiers and said, if I can't, it, I, they can't come home to their wives, I shouldn't go home to mine. So he slept on the, on the gates of the palace. I mean, he just stayed there. He didn't go home. Well, now David's in a real pickle. Uriah didn't go home. He should have gone home. He didn't do it. So David is caught. So then he does something even worse. He sends Uriah to the front of the battle to be killed. So he basically murders this woman's husband because he didn't want to get caught. Oh, the webs that happen when, we, when things like that happen. He then took Bathsheba to be his wife, married her, and then Nathan shows up. Now, you may, not, may or may not know who Nathan, Nathan was a prophet, and he was called to go talk to David. He was sent by God to go and confront David about his sin. I would not want to have to be in that preacher to have to go confront the king about it. would be like me going to the president saying, all right, you've done this, this, and this. Though it'd be even worse than that because the king has a lot more power than our president does. He could basically have him put to death. He could do, he could do anything he wanted. So Nathan came up with a great idea. He told, he told the story, you know, he tells him a story. Hey, there was this little farmer and he had a little ewe lamb that he would love so much that he even slept there in the house with them. He fed them from their table. It was like a pet. They just babied that one ewe and he had, it's the only lamb he had. And the rich man, his boss, had a guest come over and he needed to have something to cook. So he grabbed the guy's one little ewe lamb and, and killed it and had it for dinner. What a terrible, what a terrible thing. <laughs> David thought so too. He goes, that, need, that man needs to be hung up by his head. You know, he needs to be hang him. We need to get rid of this guy. He's a bad person. And then just Nathan looked him in the eye and said, it was you, David. Oh my. Wow. That really hit him. He saw what he did then. 
instead of just taking this woman, which let's face it, he's king. He could have had any woman he wanted. He could have done anything he wanted. He already had eight wives. He had eight wives, seven or eight wives. They, some say this one wife is, anyway, he had that plus concubine, a few concubines. So he, he had, and God would have even given him another wife if he wanted another wife. Why take one of his army, one of his, one of his soldiers' wife? Why steal her? Why kill him? Why do that? What was he thinking? Well, you know, then, they, then God pronounced judgment. He said, the child is going to die. And the child that they had conceived did die. And that's when he wrote Psalm 51. He'd been confronted with his sin. He knew what he did. He was in trouble. What do I do? David needed God to help wash away his guilt. You ever felt guilty? I have. It's not a fun feeling. It's not a lot of fun to get caught up. It will make you sick physically. It will do all kinds of things to him. And he says, I need this guilt taken away. He needed that guilt taken away. And we are like that. We desperately need God's will. We need his guilt to be taken away, the guilt to take it away because it's a miserable feeling. Anyone that has gone through this knows. And if you've watched your children, you know, you can almost read it on their face sometimes when they're feeling guilty, when they've done something wrong and kind of they won't look, they won't look in the eye. They, you know how it works. And, and imagine how guilty David felt when he realized what he had really done. That he had killed someone just to get his wife. That he had after he could have anybody he wanted. So David's trying to resolve this guilty feeling. He's trying to get rid of it. And he knew only God was the only one that could take it away. So that's when he wrote this. But first he had to take ownership. Folks, we have to understand that we, when we feel guilty, we are guilty. And we need to take ownership of it. So many times we try to pass it off on somebody else or something else. We decide, no, no, we can't do that. It wasn't really, well, if so-and-so had done this, then I wouldn't have had to do that. Or, you know, you know, we try to place the blame somewhere else when it's flat out on us. There was no question David was at fault. There was no question David went, and he needed God to wash away his sin. But we're blessed because we have Jesus. Jesus washed away our sin. He took that from us, but we still have to own up to it. We still have to ask for that forgiveness. We still have to ask him to take those sins from us and that guilt from us. We can't will it away. <laughs> you can try all you want. You're not going to will it away. We have to put it in the hands of God. He even states he wished he has to deal with sin all his wife from birth. He dealt with sin all of his life. But my guess is this one really hit him. We all have to understand, you know, we don't teach little ones to misbehave. Yet they do. Why is that? We're born in sin. He says that right here. I was sinful at birth. We are constantly having to deal with that sin that, that is taking over. 
So how do we do it? How do we do it? We need to be restored. We need to be told it is all right. We need to be forgiven. So first point we have to come to is forgiving ourselves. Now, folks, I think that's probably the hardest part. I have so much trouble forgiving myself. I probably can forgive other people when they've sinned against me quicker than I can forgive myself if I've sinned against somebody else. We have the guilt, but we also have to think about our integrity. How David must have felt after Nathan told him the story of that rich young that rich man and taking that poor little man's ewe, his little ewe lamb, his little lamb. David couldn't even believe somebody would do that, but yet he had done it. So David's asking to be made clean again. You ever gotten so dirty that you couldn't get clean again? I mean, you felt like, I'm never going to get clean again. We, I've had a dog get out in mud or something, and sometimes you wonder if it's not better to throw him away. I think sometimes we felt that way with our children a couple times too, but no, we never thought it out. <laughs> you, you know, we, we've gotten so dirty, it takes two or three maybe baths to get it cleaned. You know, sometimes your hands get in grease or something that really can get it. Um, those of you that know me well know that I hate to get my hands dirty. It just, it's just one of those things. I don't like my hands dirty. And, and because of that, I, I don't like to pull weeds. I don't like to get in the dirt. I don't like to work on a car. I don't, you know, get all the greasy stuff on my hands. It's hard to get off. Sometimes, especially under your nails, you, you know, you, you takes a long time. That's how David felt. He was so dirty, he didn't think he would ever be clean again. And so he knew that we have to be, that we have to talk to God and work with him. But when we are sinful and dirty like that, We don't even want to talk to God. We'll hide or we'll turn our face from him or we'll, we'll, we'll avoid him or do whatever we can because we feel like we've messed up so big that he just can't look at us or talk to us. And David uses those famous words. It's a song. I, I always had choirs sing it. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. We need a clean heart. And the only way we can get that clean heart is through God. He's the only one that can create it again. We can't will it away. We can't decide to do it. We aren't need that. And when our sin is done that, what does it do? It takes our joy. It takes the joy of our salvation away. It takes the joy of our relationship with God away. It takes all that joy that we had, all that relationship we have. David needed to be restored. So do we. Our joy, the joy of our salvation, the joy of our relationship with God. We need that connection again. When we're first saved, it brings on a joy like none other. We can't wait to tell others. We can't wait to show it. We, it's just an exciting thing. When we feel we've messed up, we lose some of that joy. We don't feel like we're connected to God again. We know how it works with our loved ones even. If, we do, if we've gotten a relationship busted because something had happened and we're trying to work out forgiveness, what happens? 
We don't talk to each other. We kind of look back on each other. And until we do, that, that's it. I, uh, as most of you know, I love those Hallmark sappy movies. And in almost always, there's some point in there where they get a misunderstanding or something happens and they won't talk to each other. They won't even answer the phone when the other one's trying to call and trying to straighten out whatever's going on. And it, it makes me even mad. I got to go, what's wrong with you guys? Just answer your phone. You'll find out what's really going on. You know, it's just all a misunderstanding. And all. We do that to each other, don't we? We have some kind of misunderstanding and we just separate ourselves from them. We do that with God. We misunderstand what's happened in our lives and we kind of go, well, God, what did you do that for? We blame him. We turn on him. But he wants us to talk to him. He wants us to restore that relationship. Our sin separates us from God. And we need his forgiveness and restoration to get back in that right relationship. When we have experienced it, when we experience that forgiveness, when we experience that restoration, we need to teach it and tell it to others. That's what he says. I'm going to teach others about that. I want to teach transgressors your ways. I'll teach sinners that will turn back to you. I will help them. See, we should be looking out for each other. Help them be restored. Everyone needs to be restored. Everybody. We're all in the same boat. We're all stuck here. We need him. Our sin separates us. Now we need to enjoy that. It is never totally just about us. I know the world really revolves around me, don't you? It does. It just revolves around me. Everything should be happening for me. No, it's not. We need to continuously share our relationship, how God's restored us and given us that with others. And when we get that, we have to get there. We have to have a broken and contrite heart. See, there's where we, the rub kind of gets, doesn't it? I don't know about you, when I messed up to my parents and I had to go try to make things right, I usually didn't go walking in and out, I did this and I'm proud of it. I'd had my head handed to me. I wouldn't have seen the light of day for months. No, I usually did not approach them boldly. I kind of low-crawled my way in and said, okay, I did this. We don't boldly go to the throne of God saying, hey, I'm a sinner, I messed up, and you need to forgive me. No, that's not exactly how it works. No, what happens is we low-crawl to God. David is low-crawling to God. You read this. I mean, he is. Man, I have really messed up. Have mercy on me, O oh God. I, I need your compassion. I need you to blot out my transgression. I am in a mess. And that's how we need to approach God. God, I'm in a mess. I'm sorry. I have messed it all up. All this that you've asked me to do, all you've, you've done for me, all this great relationship I have with you, Lord, I'm in a mess. I need your help. And because of the way David wrote this psalm, and because of the way, and because of the way that David approached God, he was always considered 
a man after God's own heart. He messes up in a huge way. Goes to God, low crawling, and pleads for relationship back. And he does. And he talks about when I'm not in the right place, my sacrifices, he didn't, God didn't delight in all that and all that. But he says, but you will take good pleasure in my sacrifices when there are, are righteous sacrifices. Now, we understand we don't sacrifice animals anymore. We get that. I understand that. But we still sacrifice our time, our talent, our money, our self. See, we need to, what? We need to sacrifice for the Lord. We, especially in America, don't understand what sacrifice is. Uh, sacrifice to us is, you know, I really want to go out to eat tonight, but nah, maybe I better eat at home. That seems to be our sacrifice. Or I'll give up chocolate for a little while. My sugar gets out of whack and I have to watch my sweet intake. And I love sweets. I feel like that's a sacrifice. That's not a sacrifice. That doesn't hurt me. That is Good grief, I have tons of other stuff to eat. There's tons of things I can do. I am so glad. I have so much. I look around and go, good grief. Nobody should be able to have as much as I have. What have I had to sacrifice? What have I done? The Lord is pleading with us to turn ourselves over to him. When we mess up, when we do all these things, when we break relationship with him, we need to give of ourselves and give God what we have. That's all, that's all we can do. We give him what we have, whatever it may be. We need to repent. We need to plead. We need to ask for that relationship to be restored. And you know what? He will. Yes, he will. He loves us that much. He loves us so much. He gave his son up for us. You talk about sacrifice? Folks, I wouldn't give my son up for you guys. I love you. But I'm not giving you my son. He's my son. I think the world of him. I may give you me, but I wouldn't give you my son. You see, that's the love God has for us. That he gave his son so that we could be restored and our salvation could be real and could be forever and for eternity. Wow. That's the God we serve. That's the God that David knew so well when he wrote Psalm 51. He wanted you to know, look, I've messed up. I need a clean heart again. I need to be restored because there ain't nothing should be forgiven this thing. If God can call David a man after his own heart, he can do the same for you. Oh, we are blessed. What a God we serve. He loves you and wants you to enjoy and have the joy of that salvation he has given you. 
May we trust him to do so. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word. I thank you for your what you teach us. Lord, I thank you for salvation. And I need forgiveness. Lord, I mess up so many ways. I do things on my own. I run off and, and you've blessed me in so many ways and I don't even appreciate it. Forgive me. Open my heart to you. Open my life to you. I thank you for all you are and all you do. I thank you for restoring me. I thank you for restoring us. I thank you for living in our lives and living us through us and showing us what a glorious life it is to live through with you in our lives. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence with us this morning. Bless those, Lord, that are snowed in, that are without power, that are struggling with COVID, all those that are struggling right now. Just show them, Lord, your presence, your mercy, and your grace. And we'll give you the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank you for joining in. I appreciate you joining with us. Come um, Tonight, I'm going to do it again at 6. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about a religious Satan tonight. Uh, so um, it was supposed to be a concert, but I don't, don't, who knows if I'll have power by then. Who knows, whatever. But just pray that you'll join with us. Pray God will bless you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Good day.